0: Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsaniego.com. All right, you guys doing good? Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, This is a privilege, obviously. Um, There's like not every day you get to teach at your old youth pastor's church, Um, right? It's crazy. The, the funny thing, that, I mean, Benji didn't share this, and one time, uh, probably about a year ago to this day, now this week, I, I asked Benji, I was like, hey man, can you come speak at our youth at our youth camp? And, and he came and spoke, and I was, like, I was like, hey, you guys don't actually know this, but I'm in ministry because of Benji. And I was like, Benji, you remember that conversation we had? And you know, like, you have a really nice person. And they're like, yeah, I totally remember that conversation. He was like just being super nice, but I was, I was, like, I was like, dude, Benji, there was this conversation that we had when I was like, I... I think I'm gonna I am gonna go and be a therapist because you know I wanna help people, um, but I still wanna make a lot of money, right? And so and he was and he's like, Cool, cool. Um, and so I was talking to him about that, and he was like, Are you actually gonna be satisfied sitting in an office waiting for people coming to talk to you? And I was like, I mean maybe I, I want to make money. I think I'd be satisfied, right? And he's like, dude, well, I, I noticed you get California breeders with people. You go surfing with people. You play disc golf with people. Like, you're always doing stuff with people. And as you do that, man, that's, that's discipleship. Like, I've heard you teach, I've seen you walk with people. He's like, that's, that's a pastor. And you know those moments when when someone says something you're like, oh, yeah, it just resonates really deep in your soul? That's exactly what happened when Benji said those words, where I was like, I thought I was going to be a therapist, I thought I was going to make a lot of money or strive to make a lot of money. And then he's like, sidetrack, you're going to make no money and you'll be a pastor, (laughs) it's going to be awesome. So here I am to this day because of Benji. Um, So it's his fault. Sorry, babe, I'm not bringing in the money, but... Um, but it's good. It's good when you have people in your life who, who are listening to the voice of God and they're speaking it in your life. You guys have people like that in your life, or you've ever met someone you're like, you just seem like you're saying something that's not totally from you. You're saying something and it's just a little bit more profound. Or when they say something, it's as if God Himself spoke it to you. And that was that moment for me. God spoke through Benji to me. It changed the trajectory of my life. I was already at Biola, but I switched my major immediately. And started studying the Bible because I was like, I'm going to be a pastor, and so that's that's kind of what we're talking about a bit today is is how do we hear God's voice? How do we kind of. Have more stories like that, you know, where people are speaking the voice of God, people are hearing the voice of God, and because of that, we're seeing our lives change, we're shaping our life around being like Jesus, being with Jesus, and doing what he did, and Jesus spoke the words of God, and so that's who we want to be. If you were here last week, um, Benji shared a story, it's all too common, about the, uh, the Phoenix Suns, right? Um, <laughs> losing again, um, And and he mentioned that story because he talked about how beginnings matter. And the reason why I think that this is a really important message for us as we start 2020 and this new decade is because this is, I think, one of the most important things we can do to orient our lives around Jesus, to orient our lives around following him, being his apprentice and hearing his voice is so important to doing what he does, becoming like him, right? This is so important for us. And so we wanna orient our lives, we wanna start the beginning of the year How do we hear God's voice? And so three main points I'm gonna be hitting on is God is speaking. Um, You might be in here, you might be skeptical of that, and that is actually okay. And I don't know where you are on your journey with Jesus. You might be like, I don't believe in him yet. You might be totally there. You might be way down the road. I think no matter where you are, you're going to find that God is speaking and that you can hear him no matter where you're at. And so God is speaking. Um, The next one is how does he sound, right? If God is speaking, what does he sound like? What is his voice like? What's the tone? What's the character through which it comes? And the next one is how then can we hear? How can I individually, Stevie, how can I hear the voice of God? And that's what we want to do. So if you guys have a Bible, you guys can turn to John 10. We're going to hang out a little bit there. We're going to do John 10 and we'll jump back to Genesis in a little bit. But John 10, if you guys can turn there. All right. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. He's speaking to the teachers of the law. And he says, I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. all who have ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture, but the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I love this passage. Um, for a couple of reasons that we'll unpack, but this is Jesus, he's speaking, he's using this imagery of sheep and shepherd, Um, but we need to look at what does it actually even mean to hear God's voice? Because I've heard that sometimes, and I don't know what circles maybe you've grown up in, but um, I've seen people saying like, oh, I heard God say this, and I've seen it kind of used really really horribly right maybe like wrong use in a way that it's hurt people in a way that it's kind of been pushing their own agendas and so people are like well this is what God said and they do it in a way where it's like it's wrong use and so for a season of my life I was like well I don't want that so I'm gonna just not do anything at all so what I said is it was used wrong so wrong use and I said it was no use the opposite of wrong use isn't no use it's right use and so in order for us to, to maybe hear God's voice rightly and to not walk, um, maybe just kind of rejecting God's voice because we've seen it used wrongly, we have to figure out how does he speak? What does it sound like? Um, does anybody here have pretty selective hearing? <laughs> Literally on our way here. <laughs> um, we're not on the way here, but, but we, were, we were coming and, and we were gonna book a hotel because we were like, okay, we're gonna stay the night. Um, so we were looking at hotels, my wife and I, and, um, and I was like, okay, like, we decided on days in, right? And, uh, and so, so I was like, I'm gonna be a good husband. Like, she's working hard at work. Like, I'm gonna book the hotel for us, right? Like, that's what I should do. And so I booked the hotel, and then I was like, hey, like, we got, we got the hotel, and she was all excited. And, uh, and so then I'm like texting Benji. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, we're staying here. He's like, What? <laughs> And, and Trisha was like, I didn't say Days Inn. I said Best Western. And I was like, no, I swear you said Days Inn. And so I booked this hotel. It was the complete wrong hotel. And, uh, and Benji was like, dude, you can't stay there. Like, that's, I was like, is there a f- local legend? He's like, no, I just don't want you staying at the Days Inn. Like, we'll get you somewhere else. And so Benji saved the day. Um, but I'm so good at selective hearing that I actually legitimately still don't remember us landing on Best Western, you know? I know she's right. And I'll tell you, you're right. It was the Best Western. But I just don't remember it. Like, I never heard that. For all intents and purposes, I was like, we're going to the days in. Like, this was exactly what I thought. Like, selective hearing. And and you know what? We do that with God all the time. We're so good at selectively hearing the voice of God, so much so that that he'll be speaking, and we might actually be hearing him, but we'll be like, "I, I literally don't remember that. I actually didn't hear you, I, I'm not listening. And so the problem was I probably just didn't have my, my ears tuned into what Trisha was saying. So instead, I just kind of chose my own way and we do that all the time. And so for us, in order to understand what does it mean to hear God's voice, we need to understand the Hebrew sense of the word. What did they mean, the first century Jews, what do they, they mean or what do they think when they heard hear or listen? And so the word that, that Jesus uses here in this verse for hear or for listen is the word akuo, um, but akuo is, is the Greek word, but what Jesus is, is hitting on, he's talking to this Hebrew audience, he's actually hitting on, on the Hebrew sense of the word, which is actually this word shema. And now shema, this was a prayer that they would pray as they'd wake up in the morning. It's a prayer they'd pray as they'd go to sleep. It's a prayer they would pray um, when they walk in and out of synagogue. Um, this was a prayer they lived by, right? And, and I'll, I'll reference it a little bit later. This was What they were praying, it was shema. And so when Jesus says, "Um, my sheep hear my voice, what he's saying is, my voice shema, my voice. And here's how it's different, right? Because in the Western mindset, the tradition that we're a part of, we kind of can separate listening and action, right? We separate speaking and doing, but not so with God, right? God is the one who, when he speaks, things happen, God is the one that when he says, let there be light, light shines. Let us make, and it's made. God, when he speaks, action immediately follows the speaking, and so this is the God that we serve. And we we say stuff all the time that we don't actually follow up on, right? We don't even intend on acting on. Like um, when AT&T calls me, and they're they're like, hey, uh, can you talk on the phone? I'm like, ah, you know, it's it's a bad time, and I'm drinking coffee. I, I can't talk right now. Um, when's a good time? Oh, you can call me back at like five and then I know their phone number now. And so when they call at five, I don't answer because I don't want to talk to them. I can say things and not act on it or like, hey, I'm right around the corner. I'll be there in three minutes, still at home. Right? This is the story. Right? We, we dissociate speaking and action. We dissociate hearing and doing, but this word Shema is used throughout the Old Testament. And it, yes, it means listening. It means hearing, but it also means to obey. It means to do, it means to let the words of God or let the words that you're hearing so much so sink into your soul that it, it, it turns and it does something and it produces an action, All right? We, we, we get this too. If any parents in here, um, Brody, did you hear me? Well, what are you saying? Brody, did you obey me? Did what I say to you move you into action enough to get off the couch and do your homework, right? (laughs) Like, this is what we're saying. We're saying, did you hear me? Did you obey me? And so what Jesus is saying here is, is my sheep, they hear my voice, but they walk in my voice. They don't just hear me as if it's some philosophical thing out there, and they're like, that's really cute, Jesus. Like, that's awesome, I'm gonna go over here. It's no, Jesus, your words are life. I'm gonna walk in your words. And it says that he leads them He guides them, he is their shepherd, right? And so this is what it means to listen, to hear. It's the same thing with faith in the Hebrew, right? Um, Faith for us can sometimes be this this philosophical idea that's lifeless. Um, But what faith in the Hebrew was restructuring your entire life around what you believed. It was walking, standing, and acting in the reality of what you believed, right? So everything in the Hebrew mindset was connected, speaking with doing, hearing with obeying, faith with walking in it. This is what Jesus is getting at when he's saying, my sheep, they know my voice. So he's saying this very Hebrew idea, like they, they, they know my voice. And the imagery he uses here is sheep and shepherd. Um, I know Benji's done a lot of work with sheep and shepherd. I don't know very much about sheeps and shepherds. Uh, I've only seen a sheep at like the Del Mar Fair but the sheep that I saw, he was hitting his head against a pole for 10 minutes straight. And I was like, uh, I get it. <laughs> I'm the sheep. Right? Like, Thank you, Jesus. And it was, it was life-changing. It was a real experience. This is so good. Really preaching to me right now. God is speaking in that moment. Um, the imagery that Jesus is drawing on is, is the shepherd's relationship with the sheep and what the shepherd would do with a new lamb. And the lamb was born, he would, he would imprint himself onto that lamb. And so he'd pick that lamb up, he'd put it over his shoulders, and he would walk around for that entire day. And then throughout the week, just whispering and singing and speaking over this lamb so that the lamb would be imprinted to the voice and the scent and the presence of the shepherd, it's unreal. This is, the, this is the imagery that God uses, that Jesus uses for us with him. And so um, how do my sheep know my voice? Well, because they've been listening to him ever since they were born. And we see this again in Luke 15. Um, it's the parable of the lost sheep. And if you're not familiar with the story, there's, there's 100 sheep. Um, 99 of them are safe. One is off in and astray. And so the story goes, um, the shepherd goes, and what does he do when he finds the lost sheep? He picks it up. Puts it over his shoulders and sings its victory all the way into town. What is he doing? He's re-imprinting his voice onto the lost sheep so that that sheep will be able to hear and to recognize and know the voice of the shepherd. Now, the voice of the shepherd then becomes the, the measuring tape with which all other voices come against. So when he says, my sheep know my voice, but when these other people come, when these thieves and these robbers come and they start speaking to my sheep, they don't even listen. Well, Why is that? Because they know the voice of their shepherd. They're not going to be paying attention to this other voice. So for us, is it, is it a matter of us tuning out all the other voices and tuning into the one voice God so that, like, do we have to tune out all the other voices in order to hear the one voice God? I think that this passage is actually suggesting that we need to just tune ourselves into the one voice of God so that the other voices go away. I think for some of us, we're like, well, okay, maybe I just need to stop doing that. I need to stop doing that. I need to stop doing that. And that's where we get into works. I need to stop doing this so that then God will listen to, or I can speak to God, so that God will speak to me, right? Right. I'm going to tune out all these other things. I'm going to get myself right. I'm going to start living rightly so then I can hear God's voice. And this is not the passage. The passage says, I am speaking to you always. Tune into my voice and those other things will fade. It's a totally different way of living. It's a way of living by grace rather than living by works. It's a way of tuning into the voice of God, the voice of love, as we're going to look at in a second, rather than tuning into the voice of striving and trying really hard. How is that working out for us? It's not. And so, um, this this is the imagery that he is speaking to us. And the most telling verse in this, if you guys didn't catch it, verse 6. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. He's saying, my sheep know my voice, and then they didn't understand It's like so clear. These people who are the teachers of the law, the people who should have been paying attention to the voice of Yahweh their entire life did not recognize the voice of God enough to see that very same voice coming through Jesus. But this is the most redemptive verse in this passage that I see is verse seven. Therefore, Jesus said again, they didn't understand his voice. They weren't paying attention to him. They were not recognizing God's voice through him. And so God, Jesus, continues to speak. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I'm like, God, he's given up on me. I just feel like God has, God has stopped speaking to me, man. Maybe, maybe the sin is just so big, or, or maybe I'm just deaf. Maybe, maybe it's not for me. Maybe this religion thing isn't for me. Maybe... Maybe I'm just not paying attention enough. Maybe I'm not reading the Bible enough. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I don't feel like God's speaking to me. And if you're like that this morning, you're in good company because he's continuing to speak. He doesn't give up on you. He's not going to stop speaking just because maybe we're deaf to his voice at the moment. And we'll talk about how, how we, maybe we can open up our ears to his voice, but, but he continues to speak And so this morning, what I would love for us to encounter is maybe finding some ways and finding freedom in that we can actually hear his voice. And that if we feel deaf to his voice, you are not too far gone. Um, So God is always speaking. But in order to figure out, okay, God is always speaking, how does he sound? What does the voice of God actually sound like? And so if you read John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it to the full. How many of us recognize there are other voices going on all the time? Voices that are saying you're not good enough, not beautiful enough, you're not successful enough, or maybe, maybe you're lovable, but only if you do this. Yeah, you, you can receive that kind of like joy and satisfaction in your, in your life, but you better strive for all that success, right? There are all of these other voices in our life, and they're, they're vying for our undivided attention. They're vying for everything inside of us, but there's the voice of life that Jesus offers, and we want to walk in that life. So how does that voice sound? Um, I'm going to turn to a familiar passage. You guys can turn there. Genesis 1, um, you guys might be familiar but if this is, Scripture is the voice of God, we can expect it to keep speaking. If this is the voice of God, we can expect it to continue to unfold before us. So I'm going to go to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. I'm going to hit 31, and then we'll hit Genesis 2 real quick. So Genesis 1, 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all of the earth, and over all the creatures that move on the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Jump down to 31. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Um, Chapter two, jump down to verse four. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, right? And so we just had one creation account, kind of speaking of humans being made in God's image. It's that we are the crown jewel of God's creation. We're the final piece of his creation. We are like the pinnacle of everything that he made, and it warrants so much focus and attention. It zooms in, and we get chapter two. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens... And no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth and no plant of the field had yet sprung up for the Lord had not sent rain on the earth and there was no man to work the ground but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being." So how does God sound? How does this even point to how he sounds? I think in order to understand that, we have to, why did he create us in the first place? I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, but I think sometimes we might feel like God created us out of a lack. Um, He created us because he needed something. Um, He didn't. He created out an overflow of his love. I mean, he's perfectly content in the community of the Trinity, which is God. Um, So he didn't create out of this sense of lack. He created out an overflow of love. And we see this because in 1 John 4, 8, declares that God is love. It is love that he has, and we are created for the purpose of being loved by him and then extending love to others. Deuteronomy 6.4 that I was referencing before, this is the prayer that they would pray all the time, the Shema. It says this, hear, or Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all of your strength. This is the mission statement of being. This is the mission statement of our being. This is the mission statement that they paid attention to every morning. And it's so important that Jesus, when asked, what is the most important commandment? What, is, what does it mean for us to be human? He says this in Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. But just in case maybe we're like, okay, it sounds like we're doing all of the loving, right? We were just created to love others. We were just created to love outward, to love God. Um, before we maybe get twisted to think that we have to produce the love, First John 4.10 and 1 John 4.19, says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. So this is the voice of God. It is love. The voice of God will always sound like by, come by way of love. And so you sitting here today, this morning, you are a spoken word of love. And this is why it's important, because if we don't get this right, if we don't understand that we are a spoken word of love by God, then we will start to think that we need to answer to all of the other words that are spoken over us or to us. If we don't understand that we are a spoken word of love by God, then we will feel like we need to answer to all of the other words that are spoken to us. We need to shema the love of God. What do I mean by that? We need to hear it, we need to experience it, and we need to walk in it. So, How do we walk our lives as dearly beloved children of God? What is God saying to you this morning? I can say with confidence, you are loved. Now walk in that love. This is the voice of God. You are love, walk in that love. Now this is where we go sideways, we go sideways when all of a sudden we feel like that love that God is offering us is holding out on us. The love that God is offering us it is not giving us everything that we deserve, everything that we need. And so rather than hearing the love of God and walking in that love of God, we hear the love of God and we're like, mm, something's better over here. And so the love that we need all of a sudden becomes a love that we can't receive, I'm not gonna ask you guys because I don't want it to be too vulnerable, but I have a hard time receiving love. Maybe some of you guys can resonate with that. I, I'll, I'll give and I'll do and I'll do all these things, but, this, but when someone were to turn and they were to try to give love to me, I would deflect it. I'm like, no, 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 I can't. I'm so bad at receiving love, but the love that we need, we can't receive because we decide to go for a lesser love. In Genesis three, if you're not familiar with the story, this is when when sin then enters the world. And the most tragic part of the story is when God comes to love his people, walking in the cool of day, he comes to love on people because he knows that in order for us to be human, we need love and he comes to love us and he can't find us in the story. He says, where are you? Side note, when, Jesus, or when God asks us a question, he's not trying to inquire for information. He's actually having us just look in the mirror. And the proper answer is hiding behind a tree of my own false protection. So oftentimes, maybe we're not hearing the voice of love. We're not hearing the voice of God because we're just trying to hide with our own self-protection from the one who comes to love us. And he's just saying, where are you? Not condemning not like, come out here, you're in trouble. It's, no, an invitation into the love that he has for us. So a couple questions to ask um, when you're trying to figure out what does God sound like? Two questions is, does it line up with scripture? So if, if maybe you hear a voice, maybe you, you feel a sense, or maybe something comes to you, or someone says something to you, if it doesn't sound like scripture, um, the Holy Spirit's not gonna speak anything that is outside or contradictory to scripture. Right, this is the word of God. And so if, there is a, if there's a voice that comes to you, if you have an internal kind of stir in your soul um, and it doesn't sound like scripture, it's not God. It's the voice of the enemy and flee. So that's one. The other one is, does it sound like Jesus? See, we need to get really good at looking at who Jesus is, what his, his uh, cadence is, what his pace is. And right, so the voice of God is gonna sound like Jesus. It's relaxed, it's non-anxious, It's unhurried. This is who Jesus is. And so this is what the voice of God is gonna look like. And and so if you guys wanna know how to hear God's voice, um, I think another reason why we don't really hear his voice sometimes is because I think we have a distorted view of God. Right? If, you, if you feel like God is, is this absent father, if you feel like God is this, this distant stepfather, this abusive stepfather, if you feel like God is this absent landlord or he is just waiting for you to sin so he can just punish you, then you won't be hearing the voice of love through that God, right? The, the image of God that you have, you're gonna hear that voice. And so that's why we need that, our image of God to be shaped by scripture itself. And let me free you from this for one second. The ultimate revelation of God is Jesus hanging on a cross. The ultimate revelation of God is Jesus hanging on the cross. And so if the voice that you are hearing or sensing or feeling does not sound or look like that, self-sacrificing, all-inclusive, loving voice of Jesus on the cross, it is not the voice of God. So Genesis 2, gonna kind of start to land a little bit. Um, I want it to be really practical because I want you guys to walk out of here feeling like, okay, we talked a lot about, like, okay, God sounds like love. I know that he is speaking, but what do I do with that? So I'm gonna start kind of landing into that a little bit. Genesis 2, um, at the very end of it, it said this in verse seven. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being, a living being, right? And so, so here's, here's where I'm gonna land a little bit. The living being, that portion where it says being is this is Hebrew word nefesh or nefesh. Um, that's a word that we actually use for soul all the time. Um, so, so he says, I have a nephesh, I have a soul. But in our mind, we think soul is something that is kind of floating around inside of us. We think soul is something that like, that's the spiritual thing. And so um, that's what's gonna go away to heaven one day. Like this is kind of the mindset that we have, but this is not so in Genesis and not with God. God, what he says is he steeps down and he, from the dust of the ground, right? So from physical, then he breathes his breath into it, spiritual. And that makes a soul. So you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Your body, your spirit, everything that encompasses who you are, your mental activity, your social, everything makes you a soul. And why is that important? Here's just three reasons why it's important for us to realize that we don't have a soul, but we are a soul. Um, One is that what we do with our body matters. If God created us body and spirit and that makes us as a soul and he wants to speak to that soul, what you do with your body matters. Which means that what we put into our body, the the things that we do, that all matters. And we can't separate our life between the spiritual life and then everything else. This is my spiritual life. This is what happens when I go to church versus here's my work life. This is my spiritual life versus here's my friend life. This is my spiritual life versus this is vacation, Stevie, right? We're not called, he's a good time, (laughs) right? We can't separate out those two things because we are a soul. So that's one reason why it's important to realize you don't have a soul, you are a soul. The next one is each aspect that makes you a soul is a window through which light shines in and light shines out. And so each aspect that make you a soul, these are opportunities for God's love to come into us and God's love to pour out of us. And then thirdly, there are ways that we can engage with God and interact with him because um, to become like Jesus through these windows of the soul, right? So um, if you look at what what it looks like for us to be a soul, right? We have spiritual, we have physical. Um, Those are two ways that God can for sure speak to us and then, if you just look at what kind of makes us a human, right, you guys are all intellectual beings, so you guys have intellect. Um, we all have emotions, and so therefore we're emotional beings. Um, we have our bodies, so we're physical. We have our spiritual, but we also are social. Um, we have friends, we, we need relationships, so we're social beings. And so, um, just boiling it down to make it easy, there's five different windows of different aspects to our soul we have our physical, we have our spiritual. We have our intellectual, our emotional, and we have our communal or relational. And here's why this is important, because these are ways that we can all engage and interact with God. And so if you are someone who, maybe you are more on the physical side of things, right? Because some, I mean, we can all engage with God in every one of these aspects. But there's probably two that you can identify are like the main ways that God's gonna be speaking to you. And so physical, I don't get this one um, because these are the people who are probably like running a marathon and they're like having an encounter with God, right? These are the people who go to the gym, which I don't. Right? These are people who go to the gym and, and when they're at the gym and they're working out, I mean, they're probably having, like, if, if given to the Lord, that can be an incredible spiritual experience. They're, they're worshiping God through the physical exercise, through their body. They go on a run and God just speaks to them. Again, I don't get it. <laughs> but there's a lot, I know people. I, I was talking to my friend Cordell the other day and he's like, yeah, I, when I go on runs, I, I was running the other day and next thing I knew, I was six miles in, but I was just praying. And God was speaking to him when he was on a run, because you are a soul. God can speak to you in these ways. Now, um, all of these other things like scripture and, and um, prayer and worship, all of these things are important and necessary, um, but if you're primarily physical, those might feel like a discipline for you. And I wanna say that because you might be in here and, and you might be like, I don't know, man, I come in here and like, I love what we get to do, but like, the worship doesn't really resonate with me. That's okay, I spent so much of my life just comparing myself with other people. I'd be like, and that person gets like prophetic words and that person, like they get images or that person, like as soon as worship happens, they're weeping and their hands are in the air and that person, when they're praying over someone, they're just moved with empathy and I found myself being like, well, I don't I don't hear God like that. Is there something wrong with me? And so this is, this is incredibly freeing. So that's physical. Um, spiritual. If you relate to God in a spiritual way, um, worship, Bible reading, prayer, walking into a sanctuary that's just beautiful, sacred spaces, right? Those are things that are probably really going to resonate with you. So you might be one of those people and you're like, yeah, it's totally me. Um, as soon as the first chord hit, I was like hands in the air and I was in the back and I was weeping. And that might be you. Um, so we have physical, we have spiritual, intellectual you might be someone who, who you just feel the presence of God when you sit down with a book that is so thick and maybe it's a systematic theology or maybe it's a book that just makes you think. Um, maybe you just find yourself, you're reading all the time and as you're reading, it's just sparking thoughts and ideas and that's probably God speaking to a certain part of you. And so you might be intellectually driven and so as you're trying to pay attention to God, you should probably start reading a book. It might be the most spiritual thing that you can do. Uh, If emotional, if you're emotionally driven, you might be someone who, who you go and you look out over the cliffs and as the wind hits you in the face and as you look out at the sunset, you are just brought into the presence of God. Or as you're listening to someone's story and you're, and you're hearing the pain in their voice or you're, you're, you're hearing the joy and the celebration, you match that because you, you're just so filled with love and you're so filled with emotion that God has given you in order to interact and in order for you to hear his voice. And so you might be emotionally driven. Um, for you, you might actually get emotions that are God given, right? If, if you're just like walking around all of a sudden, you're like, I'm just like praying for this person. And I'm starting to feel sad. That might be something from the Lord. And so if you're emotionally driven, that would be another way that you might hear from God. And so we have physical, we have spiritual, we have intellectual, we have emotional, and then social. Um, This one is probably more of me. This is when you sit down with someone and you're having a good conversation and you're talking about their life and you're talking about their story and you're hearing something from them and all of a sudden like three hours have gone by and you're still talking and it's almost as if God has pulled up a chair and sat down right next to you. You are just vibrating with the presence of God. Right? Right? Because you are designed, because you are God's creation and God is creative, um, you are his poema, you're his masterpiece, you should expect that you're not going to look like everybody else. And so we need to learn how to hear God and to relate to God through the different aspects of who we are, the different aspects of our soul. Um, this is the still small voice. There's a quote by, by Dallas Willard, and, and this is what it says, the still small voice or the interior or inner voice, as it is also called, is the most valuable form of individualized communication for God's purposes. God usually addresses individually those who walk with him in a mature, personal relationship, using this inner voice, proclaiming and showing forth the reality of the kingdom of God as they go. So I hope, I hope with this, Maybe we can demystify some of the hearing God's voice. I don't know if you resonated with with me where I was kind of like, I've seen it used wrong, it was wrong use, and so I said it was no use. Um, I would love for us to turn to a page where it's like, I wanna use right use. How do we recognize that God is speaking to you? How do you recognize that God wants to love you? And then how do we just position ourselves, maybe by, by entering into one of these windows that maybe even as I was saying that you're like, oh, I'm totally intellectual or I'm totally social oh that worship like that, that gets me. And and so maybe this week, maybe as you leave here, you need to go, okay, I want to hear God's voice. Maybe I need to go into enter into one of those spaces and I need to say, okay, God, I want to hear your voice. I need to hear your love. I need to hear how you're loving me because maybe I'm hiding behind something of self protection and I need your love to come in. I'm going to read one more quote and, um, and as I read this quote, I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up. I'm just gonna finish out with one more song. But this quote, um, Henry Nowen, he just says it better than I do. He says, at issue here is this question. To whom do I belong? God or the world? Many of my daily preoccupations suggest that I belong more to the world than to God. A little criticism makes me angry and a little rejection makes me depressed. A little praise raises my spirits, and a little success excites me. It takes very little to raise me up or to thrust me down. Often I am like a small boat on the ocean, completely at the mercy of its waves. At the time, the time and energy I spend in keeping some kind of balance or preventing myself from being tipped over and drowning shows that my life is mostly a struggle for survival, not a holy struggle, but an anxious struggle, resulting from the mistaken idea that it is the world that defines me. As long as I keep running around and asking, do you love me, do you really love me? I give all power to the voices of the world and put myself in bondage because the world is filled with ifs. The world says, yes, I love you if you are good looking, intelligent and wealthy, I love you if you have a good education, a good job, and good connections. I love you if you produce much, sell much, buy much. There are endless ifs hidden in the world's love. These ifs enslave me since it is impossible to respond adequately to all of them. The world's love is and always will be conditional. As long as I keep looking for my true self in the world of conditional love, I will remain hooked to the world, trying, failing, and trying again. It is a world that fosters addictions because what it offers cannot satisfy the deepest cravings of my heart. And your heart and your soul, everything that you are is created to be loved by God. And so anything that you hear this morning, you are loved and that God wants to speak to you. And so I encourage you in um, the next, next song just to spend some time wondering maybe what are some ways that I can step into hearing his voice and just let God love you. So Jesus, we love you. We, we need to hear your voice. We thank you that you have created us so uniquely and so beautifully that we are not like everybody else, God? Would you free us from comparison against other people and the ways that they might hear you and the ways that they might encounter you? Um, God, would we find just so much joy in the way that you speak to us? Um, Would we have our ears turned? Would you re-imprint yourself in your voice to us? God, we are your sheep and you are our shepherd. Would you imprint yourself to us? We love you. Praise your name, amen. Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsaniego.com.